0: Planning your wedding? Are you planning it right now and thinking, why is this so stressful? You're not alone. With budgets to juggle, big plans to make, and friends and family to keep happy, wedding planning has become less about fun and more about work. Wedded Wellness is here to provide health and wellness tools to ease your stress and create routines that enable you to remain calm and strong on your big day and beyond. Because stress will always be with us. What better than to cultivate wellness and identify your best self as you move into any stage of life? This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Hey listeners. Welcome to the Wedded Wellness Podcast. I am Ashley Sondergaard. I am your host of the show and the founder of Wedded Wellness, and I'm grateful you're tuning in this week. Thanks for, for being here. So, the last you know few weeks, I've been trying to find guests that are speaking to The things that are on our minds right now, you know, staying well, staying mentally well, staying nourished with the resources that we have in a very changing economic climate. Um, And this week's guest is specifically talking about that, talking about food, talking about staying healthy inside of our bodies without putting too much pressure on our minds. Um, Dietitian Andrea, Andrea Garrett, is so... So kind with delivering this information, um, she talks about nourishing our body. She talks about meal planning in a in a way that is kind of fun, lighthearted. Takes some of that stress off, and she talks about um, little things that we can do to infuse wellness, well being, nutrition into our life right now. Um, I know this is just, it's been something that's been on my mind a lot lately. I recently have been working with a functional medicine doctor and I'm actually going to talk about it a little bit more next week on a solo episode to navigate just some issues that I've been having. I mean, honestly, for years with my body, um, specifically in digestion. And it's something called candida, which is yeast overgrowth. It's really common, but it can be really painful and it can be really just flipping annoying. So When I got this diagnosis um, about the time that we went into quarantine, I learned that I had to stop eating sugar, dairy, wheat, no alcohol, very little caffeine. I mean, like we're talking intense restrictions and it's been hard, but I feel so much better. And we talk about this a little with Andrea about like our bodies are often telling us something. And while now might not be a great time to like go into a restrictive diet at all, like I'm not recommending that at all. It is helpful to know, to try and experiment what our body is telling us. If, you know, if having um, tons and tons of cheese curds, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking of that right now, is something that makes your body hurt. That's something to just note. Do you have to change your behavior? You don't have to, but it's good to know that about your body um, and maybe d- make different choices. So I'm grateful for Andrea on <laughs> a personal level right now, making this feel so a little bit less intense. Um. I'll link all of her information in the show notes because she's just a great resource to have. And, you know, by, by no means are we making any um, diagnostics to you or giving you advice. It's truly just information to hopefully provide a little well-being um, for those of you that are listening that are interested in the idea of food and staying well. So let's get to our episode with Dietitian Andrea today. All right. Hey listeners, welcome into the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Um, I'm Ashley. I'm super excited to be sitting down with Andrea Garrett. Um, her business is called Dietitian Andrea, and she is an expert on staying healthy. Thanks for being here, Andrea.
1: Thank you for having me in expert status. Woo, that's great for, great for today. I'll take it. Only experts on the show. Andrea. Yeah, only experts. <laughs> How
0: are you doing? What's new in your life? Like, what are you doing at home right now?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I feel like it's a, a daily redesign, and that's you know, I'm grateful to have those chumps to to fall back on. I talk a lot about design thinking in my my coaching practice, and I've like had to try on a lot of those strategies of like what is working, what's not working. I mean, I'm grateful to have my my home office stood up and to be able to do virtual coaching, but it's looked a little different than it has in the past. Were you doing virtual coaching before you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't, and I have with my corporate clients. I'll go on site, so that's a bit of a, a change to have all of all my coaching um, be at home. But again, grateful for the flexibility.
0: Yeah, I thank God for the internet.
1: Really, I mean, yes. I don't there's know ups and downs. I like, <laughs> ten years ago, this would look so different. I know.
0: I think about that. Like, what would we be doing? When, I mean, like MSN mess. Oh, that had internet too. What I was going to say, like AOL messaging each other. (laughs) (laughs) If we were like in high school or whatever that time was, but even like 20 years ago, like what?
1: I, be this, it would have been so, I mean, I feel like there's just so many industries that now have like had to flex on the internet, internet and people being able to work from home. And I, I truly, like, I don't know what we would have done, but I mean, I think that there's so many other, there'd be way more unemployment, which is already devastating.
0: True. That's true. That's a, this is a good time for it. Really. I mean, as best as can be. Yeah. So Andrew, talk about your business and um, what it means to, to work with you.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm a dietitian uh, and corporate well-being consultant, and so I work with both private uh, coaching clients, uh, also starting to offer more group coaching, as well as uh, corporations, small to medium-sized corporations that are wanting to take a more holistic approach to their culture of well-being. Um, but probably more for your listeners, what it looks like on a, a personal level is, you know, working with people who have some generally health-related issues, whether it be chronic illness-related concerns, gut issues, hormone-related issues, and oftentimes the people that I'm working with, there's the layer of kind of the the emotional, uh, mental pieces that go on in terms of the relationship in general that they have with food and they have with their body. Uh, And so the the people that that come to, to my circle and the people that I get the privilege of working with are usually invested in making some pretty big shifts um, not only to their lifestyles and, and how they look at their lifestyle, but really the relationship they have with food in their body and wanting to find some alignment uh, between all of these things and really alignment with like how all these things funnel to their purpose. I am not for having you eat a certain way, just eat a certain way or exercise in a specific way because that's, you know, what the latest trend is. Like it, it needs to fit your purpose. It needs to fit why you are here and what you want your life to empower you to do uh, and that's uh, really at the core of of my coaching is like, what is it that you want from your big crazy life, and how can we use your body and your well being as like a foundational part of that?
0: So you don't necessarily like subscribe to like one way of eating, like everyone, all of your clients do whole thirty, or everyone is dairy free, or whatever. You you really find a personalized approach to this. Is that true? Uh, absolutely.
1: I I I personally and philosophically feel that when you are subscribing to any one specific uh, diet plan or nutrition plan, if it doesn't take into account the many pieces and and facets and individual characteristics that you embody, physiological, yes, but also energetic, lifestyle, what challenges, barriers do you have? What resources exist for you? I, I want people, I want to set people up to feel sustainable, uh, not to try on something for, you know, a week or four weeks or a month at a time. There's absolutely, you know, as a functional practitioner, there's absolutely place where, we may need to, to kind of give you, in, give you space to hear and listen to your body and, and to give you some, some quiet, if you will, um, and, and remove some, some physiological distractions to kind of see from a food standpoint, what your body jives with and what it doesn't. Um, but that's generally not going to be, it's not a diet. It doesn't have a set start and set end play. It's a, it's a design that we're trying on to get some information. And then we use that information to design what's next.
0: I love that yeah I always talk about self-study in on the show and in and, and teaching and like sometimes we need to you know, change up our lifestyle, the things we're putting into our body as a way of self-study, as a way of, like you said, gather information. And then when you slap the word diet on it, to me, that just, then I feel, I'm like, damn it, I don't want to be on a diet.
1: No. And our brains go to like deprivation mode and all the things that we can't have, which psychologically we, there's so much research around having hard, strict, good food, bad food boundaries can be so detrimental to long-term success because immediately when you're feeling vulnerable or you're in a space where you're confronted with that food and you've been saying no, no, no for so long, our willpower reserves get so taxed that we end up setting ourselves up for for binges or feeling really out of control or out of charge uh, of our nutrition choices.
0: Yeah, out of control, yeah, I completely agree. Well, and this is, I was just telling Andrew before we hopped on um, recording, like that this journey, I mean, I've been just trying to figure out what is up with my body for, I mean, for years, like just not feeling good and all these weird things post, you know, having children. And it's, it's always, always, for me at least, related to my gut health, to what's happening in, you know. In my tummy. <laughs> and Andrew, I'm curious, is this like, do you see this a lot? Do you see, um, you know, gut issues, gut to brain issues, hormonal issues that are all really about what the, th- the things that we're putting into our body
1: and there's the all disease begins in the gut. I think right. about Socrates, and I—I I mean, it's a—it's a pretty blanket statement, but there's there we're finding more and more truth to it. Uh, a lot of you know autoimmune related issues are related to primarily or a starting point is gut related issues. Uh, hormone imbalances are often influenced by our, our gut health. There's—I mean, there's just even they're finding out a lot of connection to mental and emotional issues like depression and anxiety and uh, ADHD and sort of those sorts of um, mental and emotional sides of our well-being that has a, a two-way street uh, linked connection with our gut, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's worth paying attention to. It's worth starting to ask those questions like, how am I nourishing my gut? How am I nourishing? Which is the kind of our front lines of our immune system.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what do you suggest to take care of our gut, so we have a little extra time at home right now, and we can we can cook, like we can do these things. Like, where do you think is a good place to kind of start, even just to to think about um, this self study idea?
1: And I want to step back and like don't want to make any assumptions about what resources people have or where people are at financially in this current space and what it means for us to be able to have food. I know that food scarcity and in general scarcity is a feeling right now. Uh, And so I don't want to completely, you know, neglect speaking to that as well. Like this is, we also need to, we need to nourish our bodies in a way that is within the capacity of what we have. Um, So sometimes when it comes to doing sort of elimination work, um, which is something that you can do on a smaller scale or a large scale, um, that can be a place to start in terms of doing some of this self-study or investigation, so looking at some of the common triggers for people are gluten, dairy, sugar, caffeine, uh, and alcohol are, you know, common uh, irritants, gut irritants or triggers. So those are great places to start. And you don't necessarily even need to begin with all of them because it's like fun sucker mode when maybe those are some things that are getting you through this quarantine. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be over here preaching to take all those away. But if you are in a space, if you do have energetic capacity and emotional capacity, it might be worth, trying on, uh, that's a term that I like to use often is to try on a design, try on taking out one of those food groups, uh, for the purpose of giving your body space to tell you whether or not it's something that it appreciates.
0: I love that. That's so simple. And like, you're, thank you for acknowledging that. Like there, there's a lot of us that are comfy, cushy at home right now. And there's a lot of us that aren't. And like, whoever's listening, we're all, you know, we're all in this together and it's, yeah, it's hard. And for some of us, it's, it's harder. So I love that for people that you write, have the, the mental emotional space to try on something new that it can be a helpful thing to do. So let's chat this time at home, quarantine and, and Mm -hmm. the the obvious, right? That there's more stress, there's lots of snacking. (laughs) Maybe I'm speaking for myself. I mean, I, last week's episode we chatted with April um, Seifert and she had mentioned like this idea that we're not even often, especially in this time of stress, meeting our basic human needs, like sleeping Mm -hmm. and drinking water. And like, and, and that's, I mean, that's just the reality, right? Like we're just in that, that state of stress. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you suggest? Like, what are some simple things that you, we can do to get that, that, so what, what did you say? Like hierarchy of needs? Like? Maslow's
1: hierarchy yes. of needs. Yep. There's the, the bottom tier is all those <laughs> things that we just talked about. Like, where do we start? Oh, such a good question. So we are in a season where we are really, it is a, it is an effort each day to get our, our basic human needs met. When we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's a pyramid. And at the bottom is like food, safety, security, all sorts of those like baseline things. I had a therapy session this week, and this really stood out to me. She had said, We are all on the ocean weathering the same storm, but we are all in a different boat in terms of what coping strategies we have, what challenges we have, what factors are playing into why this is harder for some people than others. Uh, and I but the, the general theme is that there we're all our stress response is triggered, and we need to keep that in mind in terms of what it means. To have grace and flexibility in meeting those baseline needs. Mm-hmm. So for nutrition specifically, yes, maybe this is a season that's available to you and you have the energy and you're feeling creatively motivated to like get those Pinterest perfect, you know, salad jars that you've been wanting to try or, you know, have everything blocked off in your Pyrex dishes for the next five days. That is awesome. If that feels accessible to you, you rock with that. I'm going to pull an Amy Poehler and say like, good for you. Not for me. Like that's not where I'm at. And that's not where, you know, a lot of other people are at mm-hmm. what you can ask yourself is like, what is, you know, what are some basic things that I could do to help future self out for me? And like, does future Andrea need in order to feel successful coming off of a long day of coaching when that idea of making that meal that was going to take an hour is probably not going to be very feasible for her you get to ask those questions. For some people it's making the decision of what two to three meals they're gonna have during the week and make sure that those ingredients end up in their Instacart. Meal prep might look like that 10 minute decision making. There's some individuals I'm working with that have come up with themed nights so they don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. Like Taco Tuesday during a quarantine could be a great rotation to have on. (laughs) I love that. And maybe you have a salad night. You have a breakfast for dinner night and you can kind of reinvent and regroup with each of those nights, but you don't have to ask yourself every week, oh gosh, what are we going to eat this week? Or what am I going to eat this week?
0: It takes so much time. I mean, it's like, it's fun to have that conversation with like your family. Like, okay guys, what are we going to eat? But I said last night, I was like, I feel like all we're doing is talking about what our next meal is <laughs> it's like. Right. I love the idea of theme night. Take a little bit of the decision fatigue out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and in the same vein, coming up with as a family or as a person or as a household, coming up with your top ten to fifteen quick and easy meals, uh, that you can then build into a rotation for, you know, one to two to four weeks that you just keep repeating so that you also don't feel like you can't have variety and you can't have, you know, a plethora of things that make you happy. Food is a part of the human experience and to completely take that out is unfair. Um, but you also get to eat things that then you can look forward to and you're not eating the same thing every night. Um, and then keeping one meal consistent throughout the week to help simplify prep and decision-making can be helpful. So for instance, choosing for me, breakfast is, or that's my one meal where I don't really, I don't get like, I personally don't get super energized or excited about it. I'm cool having a protein smoothie. Or having oatmeal for the week, or doing an egg scramble, but doing the same thing every day, and then switching it from week to week. So having you know thirty three point whatever, three 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 percent of your meals already thought of, because you're going to do the same thing can be helpful.
0: So you're saying do the same thing every week, like it's like a third of them is just pretty consistent. Like you love those, and you know you're going to have them pretty regularly.
1: Yeah. So it's okay. like one less where you have to yourself. You have to ask yourself, what am I going to eat today?
0: right right go find, dad. go find dad because he's can be with you
1: <laughs> there's my daughter
0: oh okay i you know sometimes i get like so sick of um smoothies but at the same time like i know that they give me all the things and even if i just if it's that convenience factor like it's fine right <laughs> okay.
1: yeah You can also like swap out some of the ingredients. Sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot to completely change the flavor profile of something.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. What, I mean, so for those nights, I I love this idea. I might even just like create up a little calendar here, like Monday, I don't know, Meatless Monday, Taco Tuesday, (laughs) Um, for gathering some ideas of recipes and places and resources. Where, do you have any great places that you like to go to gather recipe resources?
1: yeah i I have to be honest. I am a like no recipe cook. I am a very i see my pantry and my fridge is like a chopped game, and so I really do just like, oh my God goals <laughs> if I can have in, if I can have the ingredients, I can pull things together and I recognize that that is not fun for everybody so i I fully empathize that that is not feasible for everyone um but when it, I will speak to some of the resources that I like, I know that other people like, um, and that I will sometimes be a good starting place for me. I'm a big, big fan of greatest.com. It's G-R-E-A-T-I-S-T.com. It's a very cool wellness website in general. I think that they, they speak with the same tone that I do in terms of like, we need to all stop taking ourselves and our wellness so seriously. Like we need to have fun with it. We need to play with it. Um, But they have a lot of great recipe lists, which I think is a helpful place to start. There is a little bit of like paralysis by analysis. So at some point you just need to to pick something and start with it. But that can be a great place just to kind of get you get some creativity going. There is a resource um, at goodandcheap.com. Um, this is, Le- uh, Leanne Brown is the author of this cookbook. It's called good and cheap. And she has a free PDF on her website and, um, it is a great resource. It was originally created at the aim of creating recipes, uh, for pantry and fridge staples for individuals who are in low income status, mm-hmm. uh, who would need, you know, to be able to make meals with $4 a day is, is kind of for her, her theme with her meals. What I love it for, aside from being financially um, feasible for people, is it it is a lot of the staples that most of us have in our our, uh, capacity to to utilize, especially right now when we might be running out of things. Like, oh gosh, what are, you know, here's five new ways to use those diced canned tomatoes that have been sitting in your pantry for the past year. What's a a way to reinvent those? Um, I think she does a really good job of minimal ingredient recipes that reinvent a lot of things that we already have, which I'm a big fan of, again, making the healthy choice, the easy choice, um, which minimal prep and having to not go get that half teaspoon of that specific spice, like that's where I'm like done. I can't, I don't, I don't do that.
0: Yeah. we can't, I mean, like we can't be no, going was, to the grocery was, store yeah. excessively right. anymore. Like, and in my Instacart, like it's, it's getting ridiculous how large it's getting. Cause I try to do it like once every two weeks. Or whatever.
1: Right? I feel that. uh That's I lo- what's it called? Um, Good and cheap. Good and cheap. And I might, I. it might be on her personal website. Her name is Leanne Brown, but if you look up good and cheap uh, cookbook or recipes, um, you'll get right to, it. and she has a free PDF. You can have a paid hard copy version. Um, but she really wants to make it accessible to anyone and everyone, which I think is very cool as a public health practitioner. So.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'll link that in the show notes so that people can utilize that too. That's great. Cause you're right. Like right now I'm like trying to come up with, okay, I've got this, I don't know, like, what is the weirdest ingredient in my pantry that we we've kind of a great pantry. And so like it it collects a lot of things right mm-hmm. now. And like, Mirin, like, what should I do with this? <laughs> like, make some sort of like, I don't know, like, Thai noodle dish or something.
1: It's like, I had three bags of green lentils from Trader Joe's. I must have <laughs> continuously gone and like not remember that I had bought. I, but now I have banks of them. And so what am I going to do all these green lentil things for? There's like great lentil recipes in there. So there's, yeah, I agree. It's, it's I think that we need to like use this as a playing ground a little bit. Like I how bet. can we get a little inventive with some of these things that we have a surplus of or they've been sitting there for a, a hot minute? Yeah, make it playful. I think
0: right now, and I keep hearing this from like other influencers and, and blogs and, and podcasts that I really like, that there's this idea of should right now. Oh. I, I should be using all of my old ingredients in my pantry. It's like, well, like how you said, I love that. It, it, make it kind of fun. I, you know what, I really want to have an experiment with this stupid mirin that's been sitting in my <laughs> pantry for two weeks. And if it doesn't go well, I'm not going to eat it. Like, I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to get my kids involved, like, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love the saying, stop shutting all over yourself. Yeah, I do too. It's amazing. Oh, gosh. It's so, and I feel like we need all to embody that and embrace that so much right now. There is so much shutting. You're absolutely right. So, we talked a little about
0: like building a calendar um, for some of these basic, or rather, some of these like theme nights. you talked about having some consistently consistency with the foods that you know and you like that you can have so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single week. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other like meal planning things that you like to do or that you found um, tried and true or just that um, you even aspire to? like <laughs> I'm always looking for meal planning tips <laughs>
1: like- yeah. one of my very, very basic meal planning you know, go-tos is just this concept of a plate formula, what I want the composition of my meal to generally look like. And then you can make this as complicated or as simple as you like. And I think that's what is so beautiful about it because we can have nights or days or weekends where we wanna make it really complicated. And then there's also the reminder that to eat healthy can also be really simple. And so the formula I use is half of my meal should be produce. I want a portion, a size sized portion of a protein. And for some people, that's animal protein and plant protein. For some people, that's simply plant protein, and you get to decide. Um, I want a source of healthy fats and optional source of a starchy. For me, it'll be an optional source of a, a starchy carbohydrate, which might be potatoes, brown rice, quinoa, pasta, beans, things along those lines um again it's it's not there's it's not a perfect you know sort of resource but it's one thing that you can always use and always fall back on to say sure tonight can be a stir fry night where I try a bunch of different new recipes a bunch of new veggies or this could be a night where I make grilled asparagus and grilled chicken with a drizzle of olive oil and some brown rice and that also counts
0: Mm -hmm. I love that that's just yeah the composition and like Knowing that, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting my veggies, I'm getting the things that I need, and then like how I, what I actually put on the plate is up to me. I love that. That's simple and and super key. Okay, I'm gonna file that away. Might be doing that <laughs> tonight too. And it, you know, I'm getting like as we're going through this more and more. I think like you had mentioned earlier that you know we don't. Now it's just like, we're kind of trying to do the best we can. And there are things that we're falling back on, um, you know, whether it be like excessive caffeine. I know that's true for me. Or like that daily glass of wine or multiple. I mean, like happy hour, COVID happy hour starts a lot earlier. Like that's... (laughs) It's right. real life. Any day of the week, any hour of the day, it's fair <laughs> <at> this <point. laughs> I did read an article today about how many people like admit that they like avidly drink while like still working from home right now. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just a weird time. Mm-hmm. How do we, <laughs> how do we like, I, like remain, find the balance between I mean, as a dietitian, like say I'm okay. I'm loving them. I'm, I'm loving my red wine. This is real life. Like, how do I balance that to know that I, it's something that like I do enjoy, but also like counterbalance with something with good to find that um, sort of opposite and equal action. Like, mm-hmm. what do you? What would you suggest to a client that's, that's you know maybe forming some habits that aren't the best to cope, but also like wants to be the best version of themselves.
1: Yeah. Going back to my words of grace and flexibility, right? Like there's, there's, there's reasons why we are maybe responding to stress in different ways right now. There's, there's reasons that some of those, and for some people it's historical behaviors that maybe they thought that they outgrew or that they have worked past and some of that stuff is coming up for them again. Or things that they, you know, thought that they had or do in normal, quote unquote, normal circumstances have boundaries around, but those boundaries have, have stretched a little bit or have, you know, the walls completely have fallen. Um, I think that we like need to offer ourselves grace and understanding, and compassion around why, why we're here and why some of those behaviors have come up for us first and foremost, because a shame spiral spiral right now is not helpful for anybody. And then is that something that you would like to put boundaries around again? Is that something that we could create a design for? And, and what does that look like in this season, right? And, and being very intentional about creating designs within this season and not ideal designs, not hypothetical, hopefully two months from now or a month from now designs or what worked for you, you know, two months prior. Like what, where are you at right now and what feels realistic in this space, if you're somebody that's having that glass of wine every night or having two glasses of wine, what does it feel like to enjoy one glass of wine? What does it feel like to uh, enjoy that and make sure that you are getting some social connection with it? I think that there's seeing this as an all or none time is not going to work for anybody and we need to to offer up some space to design on the basis of what our current needs are.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, If you're going to have your glass of wine, maybe just call someone up on the phone, make it an experience versus just like a coping. Yeah. That's so simple, but, and it's true. Everyone is so different and that's why they can, you know, chat with you and and get some ideas as well. If that's something that they're, they're in a position to do. Um, I'm curious as a lot of our listeners are newly engaged or they're in that stage of life where there's, they're building a family, they're building a partnership, um, what suggestions or like ideas do you have for families, couples that are just, that are just starting out? And I think this is like, in the more and more I've chatted with people and and couples that like, this has been a challenging thing to um, implement into their life. Mostly because I think people have really different tastes and preferences. I know that like when my husband and I got married, I was a vegetarian, he was not. And just like navigating meal planning and, and, eating well and nourishing each other was a challenge. Like, what do you, what do you suggest in that area?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, you're coming. Food is such a personal part of who we are and it's such a personal part of our our history. It's tied to culture in the broader sense. It's tied to our, our, our culture that we in family of origin, there's so many, there's so much personal, uh, baggage, you know, and, and other awesome, amazing things with it, that kind of coming together and and, and having an expectation setting sort of conversation around uh, this is what I enjoy. What do you enjoy? This is the expectations that that I have in terms of how often we, we cook at home versus how often we eat out. What are your expectations? This is the expectations I have for who has ownership of the cooking process. Like just even having those basic uh, conversations around this is, around expectations is a great place to start and then from there coming up with a design a first design uh, that that speaks to you as a place to start and maybe one of the the resources or one of the tools that I work with people on is coming up with that like as, couple, as a couple, what are those meals that you both collectively enjoy? Or what are those parts of a meal that you collectively, collectively enjoy? So those 10 to 15 f- favorite meals and setting up a really simple meal rotation with that and then deciding who takes ownership for what in terms of procuring groceries, who takes ownership for the prep process, how do we make those conversations happen now so that when you get to that morning of, of like, what are we eating? Who's cooking what? We can eliminate some of those.
0: I love that. That's, that's the best answer I've gotten to that question so far. Cause I think it's just like, yeah, it's a, it can be kind of exhausting and kind of a, a disappointment when you're like, oh, you know, I was anticipating that we would eat meals together all the time and like that that just isn't a reality for a variety of reasons. But that's like setting up a little plan and always, obviously, it starts with conversation. That's great. How I feel like you have so much info. You're so, Andrea, I'm like, this is filling me up right
1: now. I love you. Oh, thank you. I'm so like jazzed to be able to talk to another human about this passion that I have that I feel like has had to not be dormant for six weeks, but is kind of like in this way has felt a little dormant. A little dormant. Thank
0: you for the platform, my friend. I need to, how did you get into this? Like, how did you start learning about food and, and in such a balanced way? Like it doesn't, I don't feel shamey talking to you in the slightest, which is the
1: best. Oh, that makes me so. Happy, and that is not where my story started. So, I'm so grateful to hear feedback in terms of like where I've evolved from. Um, honestly, my story of this place isn't at all about harmony and peace and body positivity, it really started kind of from the opposite of that. Um, I was a you know, a good, sturdy German Polish heritage, and I've you know, I have cherub cheeks as an adult, these were only larger when I was a child. Like, <laughs> I have curves and soft bits and, you know, I've, I love those now, but growing up being the largest of my friends, like it was, I really struggled. Uh, My identity was tied a lot to my weight and was tied a lot to my, you know, physical appearance. And I, I, I am very honest, you know, being able to admit to myself and others that I didn't fall into fitness and fall into my, my background my bachelor's in exercise science I didn't you know start with that and and, and get my master's in public health and nutrition I, I truly don't think it was coming from a place of like self-love I think it was coming from a place of like self-loathing and wanting to constantly try to figure out what the next set of tools were to like make myself thinner or make myself quote-unquote happier mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, it, it definitely, like, it's, it's been a journey to get to this place. And, like, I also feel like it's very unfair not to, to date myself, but I am going date myself here. I grew up in the era of, like, heroin chic and ultra low-rise jeans. My little chubby self had no chance. Like, there was – the conversations around, like, radical self-love, like, were not happening at that point. That's uh, so true.
0: I didn't even – like, I, that's the first time I've really, really thought about, like, That idea that we, as like, I don't know, I guess I don't know how old you are, but like I was around, I was in high school when like Hollister and like Abercrombie like would recruit you if you walked in and you had the right, like you could fit into their zero so that you could work at their store. You know what I mean? Like what,
1: what is that world? (laughs) Ashley, ultra low rise jeans. Why were those a thing? I, as an adult now, if my jeans do not go above my, my belly button, like they are not coming home with me. That is a rule. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is so unfair what, what, what uh, you know, developing when you think about so many of our, our conversations and how we develop identity around our body and ourselves are formed as teenagers and as uh, preteens and young people. That's when we're developing so many of those neurons in terms around, in terms of how do I fit in with my tribe? And when conversations are not happening around here is a very inclusive way to look at what a tribe is. That I mean, that sets kids up, and and I think that that's why there's so many individuals our age who are, you know, we are in as adults like reckoning with our relationships with with food, with our bodies, with worthiness. I don't I don't know if you want the the conversation to go there, but we're taking it there. Love it. And you know, so I think that there's it was beyond my schooling in which I have really done a lot of this work around the relationship that I have with my body and how my well-being, not necessarily just wellness, but my well-being is the foundational part of driving my purpose. Um, I'm a big fan of like radical self-love and being rebellious, that when you like look at your ass in the mirror and you see a few dimples and you decide to love it anyways, like that is an act of rebellion. And there's if you can tap into your rebellious spirit, there's a lot of space for growing in that direction and like reminding yourself that your weight is the least interesting thing about you. I love
0: that. It is. It is. And like why it takes up so much brain space, or at least I feel like it did for a lot of us at, at that earlier stage of life. And maybe, you know, for a lot of listeners still is like the least interesting thing about you. That's true. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness you made your way into this and, and are helping so many people. It's just speaking so truthfully about it. And yeah. And now like, okay, now that you're, you're at home and, and you have, like, we all have this need to, I mean, we have to take care of ourselves. No one is taking care of us right now. Like we have to self-care in, in such a radical way. Like what do you, what do you go to? What are your go-tos to take care of yourself?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not like a, I don't have this like super structured self-care routine. That's because probably the creative in me, I kind of am adverse to really hard structure, but it looks like this like nebulous of practices that I engage in when they feel appropriate uh, from one day to the next. So a few of my like fallbacks, I'm, I'm a big fan of engaging my five senses in terms of how I take care of myself. So I love color, surrounding myself with color, whether it's a bold lip and some earrings Getting myself, you know, flowers or whatever that looks like, you know, surrounding myself with color is important. Um, being outside, uh, having conversations with people that make help me feel connected to myself and others, uh, moving my body, dance, you know, even if it means a walk or stretching, moving on a regular basis. Um, music is a huge so right going back to the senses, huge part of what I feel like can be an automatic mood lift, lifter for me. Um, and then creating something, like getting into my flow, whether that be cooking or in my studio or um, – this has, like, been my creative outlet the past few weeks. It's, like, planning my vegetable garden. So, I mean, whatever floats your boat, my friend.
0: Oh, my God. Give me all of your tips because we just got into some – I get to build a garden this year, and I know build a garden. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Need to like grow things and I don't, I kill everything, plants. So that's awesome. Will you talk about, you talked about your studio. Will you talk about your beautiful jewelry and Jack and Violet and, and that hobby? It's not a hobby. It's a thriving flipping business. They're <laughs> stunning. Will you talk about that?
1: Thank you. Absolutely. It's a business that was born out of personal necessity. I was, you know, I've had dietitian Andrea for quite a while now, about I think going on four years. Um, and it was, I love it and I love the practice of coaching. I love the conversations that I get to have. But there's there's a heaviness to it. There's I have to go very deep with people, uh, and I was noticing that my anxiety was higher. And it's because for so long I had used art and creativity as my outlet. Even in, in my undergrad and grad school, I always was taking I was an art minor. I was taking classes. I always took you know in the community, and I just like wasn't tapping into that. And I realized it's because I wasn't giving myself permission to, which is like in hindsight obviously very not okay. Uh, but for me, I started the business to give myself 100% like clearance, to spend time tapping into this other side of myself that's so important. Um, and all of the the collections that I create and the pieces that I make are inspired by women that they're who remind me to be bold and brave and to, to move confidently. And so it's a very meditative practice for me to like harness their energy Create it into my pieces and then send them out into the world.
0: I love it. I like this piece, your pieces, I can, I know that they're yours, like I'll see them from afar. Um, uh, mostly cause I think we have like some, some, we have some common friends and i will be like, Oh yeah, that's Jack and Violet. Like it's so, I know you and your Instagram, it says like where your art, like that's exactly what I see mm-hmm. when I look at those. And yeah. So do you, okay. So we'll, I'll link that info up to the show notes too. So that, so that yeah. listeners can check out Jack and Violet cause it's, it's so amazing. Will you, um, let listeners know how to contact you, like where, you know, what you're doing right now, if you're doing any, um digital visits or anything like that during this time?
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely still taking on uh, private coaching clients um, my website is, uh, and dietitian, not like magician is spelled D I E T I T I A N andrea and D R E A.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram under the same dietitian Andrea handle and Jack and Violet is if you're looking for some, some color in your life or something to help you feel bold, that's an, another space to find me. That's where my, my jewelry is at and that's jackandviolet.com as well as Jack and Violet on Instagram.
0: Listeners, support local. You know, I'm. we are getting these like weird stimulus checks and like <laughs> these things. And like I think, you know, we get to do with whatever we need if we need to like – get groceries, heck yes. But if you are in a position to support a local business right now, these, this kind of stuff is so, so amazing. I'm thinking like Mother's Day and, and like the Jack and Violet earrings, like sending that over to my husband or even just like, okay, you're feeling like you want some direction, like hit Andrea up, get to know what she's doing um, yeah. in the food department. This is a cool way to, to help our community. Yeah. Yeah. Special um,
1: for Mother's Day, I'm doing um, free shipping with Jack and Bout all the way through May 31st. And a I have these very fun like little greeting note cards so you can write a personal, I will personally do the handwriting, but you get to tell me what you want to say and I will send those out for free to your loved ones. Or hey, you can send one to yourself. I'm all for that sort of self-love.
0: They're so cute. They're, I love them. They're like colorful and bright and
1: Yeah. Very cute.
0: At least if, if that's what's on your Instagram, that's what I was looking at
1: Okay. That's, that's right, Ashley. Okay, good.
0: Oh, Andrea, this was so fun. You were totally the right person to talk to right now and just kind of like give us a little direction, not any shaming, like some clear, you know, pat on the back about nourishing our bodies and feeling good and in the inside and the outside. So thanks for carving out some time today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. This was such a pleasure. And I'm I so so much compassion for all the spaces that people are navigating right now. And going back to that, we're all in different boats. And I just, you know, encourage everybody to have some self-trust in their ability to navigate this, but also if they need support, like this is a really important time to call out for that as well. Whether it's a coach or a therapist, there's a lot of practitioners and supporting professionals who are, have taken their practices virtually to make that accessible to people. Nobody should have to navigate it alone right now.
0: So true. Nobody should. Awesome. Thank you, Andrea. This was awesome. Thanks again for tuning in today, listeners. If you like what you're hearing, do me a favor. Give the show a quick comment and a rating and even better share it with us. Might it right now. Tune in um, sooner than later for our next episode. Thanks, everyone.